Hey, welcome back to the Intuitive Mindset Podcast with Jeannie Lynch, and this is episode 28, and it is the last podcast of 2020. Yay! Let's be done with this year. And I can't think of a better way to end 2020 than bringing in Megan Smith Brooks, and she's going to share her beautiful spiritual story worth sharing and her beautiful new book called Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. So before you click out thinking this topic is all doom and gloom, I'm here to tell you they say that grief can be the great transformer. And we're going to be breaking down just how and what that means in today's episode. So stay listening. We can't wait to share. Megan, yay! So happy you're here today. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be part of a beautiful series on my channel called Spiritual Stories Worth Sharing. And we met through our podcast group and we've been talking for almost six months now, I think. So we've gotten to know each other. And I'm really excited for my audience to get to know you. So whether people are listening to this on the Intuitive Mindset podcast or they're following it on our YouTube channels, we truly do appreciate the audience. So today, you're gonna take us through your beautiful spiritual story worth sharing, which I'm sure, I almost know, has to do with uh, you navigating through grief, and you're gonna share that process with us. So my audience can get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us what, who you are and what was going on in your life when this event took place? Um, absolutely. And thank you for inviting me to share with you today. I really have been looking forward to it. Um, my name is Megan Smith Brooks. I am an ordained unity minister, a certified grief coach, um, a speaker. I've been um, facilitating grief healing and transformational retreats. And now as an author about to release my first book, Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. And that really is um, what I want to talk about today. How did this event or experience change your life? Well, I was very busy serving as a senior minister of Unity of Pasadena in California. And my son was living in Kansas City, Missouri at the time with his partner and his five-year-old daughter. So when he was murdered, I hadn't seen him recently, which made it even more challenging for me initially to process the reality of what had happened. And I was a little anxious because I hadn't been able to reach him. After traveling all day, I arrived at the airport in Fort Lauderdale and at baggage claim, um, my firstborn son, Ryan, um, called me and said, Mom, I don't know what to say, but um, Justin's body was found in the river. He's gone. You know, and in that moment, your breath just stops because your mind goes into denial and says, what? I didn't hear that. That's not what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I can stop you for a second too, because you kind of referenced not feeling connected as much as you wish you were. So hate to have you go back a little bit. Were you feeling, you know, we all, the minute our children leave the house, we feel disconnected, right? Because we want to know where they are at all times. But were you already feeling that there was an energetic disconnection between the two of you? Or did you just mean distance wise? I wasn't yes. sure because he called me regularly. I talked to him usually at least once a week. He frequently would call me in the middle of the night when he was feeling 
um, lonely or challenged and, and wanted to talk. So I knew that I was um, who he reached out to when he really needed someone. So the Got fact it. that I couldn't reach him was troubling. Got it. Okay. The reality that he was dead, his body was literally found in a river. And um, it, just the comprehension of it, it's like at that time, I didn't know had he drowned, what had happened. We didn't know that he'd actually been murdered and it was through an act of violence. So coming to terms with that reality that he had been intentionally taken, that his life potential had been taken, and that his little daughter, my granddaughter, was then going to have to grow up without him was a really surreal moment. Um, and at that time, I did decide to move forward and participate in the convention because there wasn't anything I could really do. And I would be surrounded by 500 other ministers to support me and help me process that first week of, of grieving and um, accepting this reality. Right. The yeah. horrible reality. So that's actually a perfect lead-in too to, you know, how did this change your life? It sounds like most people go through these awakenings and then they find faith or then they find that modality that helps them heal. It sounds like you had a real strong connection to your faith and and the tools, I guess I call them tools. So mm -hmm. you stayed in that conference and that really here's the beginning of a different journey, I'm sure, right? Oh, absolutely. I um, mean, you know, I remember that um, I was really torn. It's like, but what could I do? His body was found in, in Kansas City. I was in Florida. Um, there wasn't, they weren't going to show me the body. And I don't know that I would want to have seen him after being in a river for five days and, and what had happened to him. And so in hindsight, I realized that that event changed me significantly that I've come to realize that when something horrific or painful that represents loss comes into our life, that we are ch changed, literally changed in that moment at the core of who we are, that we are not the same person that we were moments before and that we will never be again. So part of the grieving process includes grieving who I was before this heartbreaking uh, moment um, that I knew that my son was gone and getting to know who I was becoming as a result of it. So help me, and I know you work with people in grief. So that beautiful, profound truth, which is what we grieve, we grieve what we thought we'd be. And, you know, and I get that from a level. At what point, though, through your process, how long did it take you to get there? I might be jumping ahead on you, but we'll go back. But I know that that's such a processed thought because mm -hmm. you're not you didn't find out and standing at the conference and understand that. So how, what do you think the timeline is for that right there, that, that awareness? You know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly because of my spiritual training and, ex and experience having worked with other people, you know, it was very different when I had to, tr you know, apply it to myself and my own story, my own journey. But I realized um, as I became an observer of myself, almost from the beginning, really watching, it's like, oh my gosh, these, this tsunami of emotions that is rolling over me. And I, I began to realize that I needed to have the courage to feel it, um, to be able to move through it, that I knew that if I tried to suppress it, cause me more harm, I already knew that. So as I became an observer of myself, I noticed what I was feeling, what I was seeing, um, what came to me, and oftentimes moments of gratitude, surprisingly, even in the fact that a fisherman had found my son's body because 
he had been wrapped in a chain attached to a cinder block with the intention that his body wouldn't have been found. This was an intentional act. And I kept thinking, well, what if his body had never been found? How would I have lived with that? Mm -hmm. So I could be grateful for the fact that I could begin to have closure because his body was found. So as I observed that, I it became clear and I don't know if it was several months because after the first couple of months, you know, I really literally lived with nightmares. I was afraid to sleep because as soon as I'd close my eyes, I'd, I would imagine what was his last moments like and the horror of it. And so <clears throat> at some point there was a shift in, in realizing that I have to accept that I'm not the same person mm-hmm. that clinging to who I was and thinking I would get back to that reality or that somehow I would go over this and it would all be normal again, wasn't realistic. And that doesn't happen. Let me, let me, let me connect with you in that beautiful moment too. We're talking about grief processes. I remembered somebody coming up to me like two years after my daughter passed, she was actually killed in a car crash and somebody had information about the accident. And it was one of the EMTs who showed up on site and I had already been two years in, so I had, like you, replayed that in my mind. I got into a place where I had accepted what I'd seen. And the gentleman was offering just from love, you know, like I was the first one on scene and and would you like to know what happened when I showed up? And I went, no, (laughs) I've already gotten past that, you know, like I didn't want to go back. So I love your awareness and of course, just your education, because this is what you do for people. You help people navigate through that process. Were you doing grief work prior to your son being lost? Only in that as serving as a senior minister in a spiritual community, if somebody had loss and came to me and wanted me to support them, or, you know, I did a lot of memorial services and um, had been at the deathbed of people in hospitals. So, um, but again, as I said, it's very different when it's your family, your life, your child, um, your personal grief um, and so I had to learn how do I apply that to myself, partly because I knew that people in my community were watching me. They're like, well, how is she going to handle that? So um, as a leader, as a teacher, right? I had to sometimes do that, you know, in, um, in my own private moments. I learned to let the tears flow. You know, the value of not holding back the tears as a cleansing, just to, just to be raw and, you know, scream in the shower and... I was grateful I had a pool and a hot tub and I spent a lot of time in water. It was so healing and I would just, I would just blend with the water and my tears. So I, I believe that I consciously chose to be courageous enough to feel everything, to move through that, to explore how it was to accept this horrendous thing, knowing that I, I can't go back in time and change this. Death is, permanent. So I'm curious too, because you have a, another son to have who and a, and a husband, right? So help me understand like you're going through this journey, but how are the people around you also? Are you helping them at this time being the stronger one of the three or are they all kind of supporting each other? Well, it's an interesting situation. At the time, I was not yet married to my partner. Okay. He was serving, um, he's also an ordained minister. He was serving another community 500 miles away from me. 
So I had to go home. I, you know, I was able to be with him um, in that first week of healing on the cruise ship, which turned to be such a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. But he went home to Arizona. I went home to California and I had to be alone then. My older son lives in Seattle, so he was in the Northwest. But I very much was a support with him. One of the things that I have come to understand is um, how siblings take the pain of losing, um, you know, losing his brother, losing a sibling is that sometimes they, they feel like they have to be the stronger one. I noticed that where he was trying to be really brave. And, and so because I was aware, I encouraged him to just release it for himself and that if he needed to just regurgitate it to me i would be on the phone with him a month after my son died we took his ashes um, back to the northwest and i i literally conducted a memorial service for my own son on hindsight i don't know how i did it but at the time i felt like i had no choice and it was such a wonderful time we gathered at a beach and we shared stories and we cried and my my older son and i had a wonderful bonding through that to um, be able to just cry together and be together and talk about how important his brother had been to him and, and to help him through the feelings of his um, regrets or guilt of um, that he should have done something that he could have made a difference and to help him realize it's like, we all have those feelings, but that's not realistic. We can't go back and change what was. We did the best we could at the time. And in spirit, I know that we are really connected with Justin's soul, yeah. that we feel that. And there's moments of, of that joy and remembering um, the story of his life that we share together. And it's really, it's really beautiful. The reason I was really interested in talking to you, first off, we share stories. So I just already felt connected to you. But I know you have this beautiful book that you've been working on, that's mm -hmm. about to come out, and you're going to start a book tour. And so and you're helping people and how do people you know how do you start with somebody through grief and everybody grieves so differently and i think we're mentioning that in today's video we want to be of service to others putting this video up i know that's our intention together so how do people begin to follow you or work with you or receive more of your information so they can learn from what you have to teach well, that's a really big question. Because <laughs> mm, you um, do so much. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I have come to understand is that grief is a part of the human experience. And we're not taught that. We don't talk about it in our society, especially. Um, and so people tend to try to hold back or minimize an experience. They don't really look at like, oh, well, this is going to be a great journey of my life, you know, to navigate through this. And there's going to be this wonderful hidden gift that I'll discover it because I'm so courageous and feeling to heal. No, we don't know to do that. Yeah. So I've shifted my ministry to focus on grief healing because I recognize the great need for it and the value of it, that it's a sacred journey that we take. And we, um, we become enhanced in who we are the depth of and the potential of who we are can be brought out into the open in a way that would never have happened otherwise so as i begin to work with people um that's why i went through to become certified as a grief coach because i wanted to have a deeper set of tools and understanding of how to work with people when they're ready 
because it's a courageous act to say, I'm willing to go deep into the pain to basically regurgitate it all out Mm -hmm. so that I can begin to embrace the beauty in what's being offered. Because as we honor the one that we mourn, as we begin to see the value of their life, that's the gift that we integrate into who we are. And then they live through us. We're honoring them by living through us and how we show up and what we do as a part of them. And so I offer grief coaching. My book is a tool. I realized I, that this was something that's been germinating in me for a long time. And I honestly believe, as I had my son's picture with me while I was writing, that he was, he was writing through me, that he was wanting his story to come through. He was wanting me to support people in how they don't have to be destroyed because something horrific happened in their life. And so the book offers tools and practices. I have recorded guided meditations. The links are available in the book. Okay. And that's a beginning place of working with people. I will also be offering an online course. And then I do grief healing um, retreats that are, that we're doing now with, I have a partner that we do it virtually. Virtually because we can't be together. Right. So just so my audience knows everything that Megan is saying will be in links in the description below. So you'll be able to click on those links. And I was really blessed that Marianne Williamson agreed to write the forward to that. um, And that she recognized the importance of bringing grief out of discussion um, in the world around us. I love that. I, I, I love everything you're saying, but I, I know you and I are getting ready to do another project together, a grief collaboration video. And somebody said, and I just want to share it because it's worth repeating and you've, you've kind of touched on it, that don't wait for loss to happen to be prepared to learn how to go through loss. You know, She made the point that she was doing the spiritual work before so that when the loss happened in her life, she was she she felt like she at least had the tools and the tools are are out there they call grief the great transformer and oh. as as hard as it is been like the hardest thing i've ever had to go through in my life and i'm sure like you it's not just the only loss we've had right because it, it can't be loss is something we're all going to have to face it's also been the most incredible gift in my life for people who come to see me and i'm sure you can say the same thing people who connect me with other people um and so as hard as it is it's also a blessing so and i know we're not taking away grief when we say that just opening our eyes to the truth of it so i love these interviews and i love these questions so I would say, what did this teach you about yourself? That would be my next question for you. What did you learn or uncover about yourself? Well, you know, I think one of the most valuable things I learned was about um, being courageous and resilient. And then I had more of that within me that I knew, than I knew that <clears throat> my willingness to basically take this, this heart breaking pain head on um, allowed me to realize a gift that brought me into a place of expressing a potential that I don't think I would have touched into otherwise. And so there was this creative expression that's come out of it. I think that's one of the, the things that I really am grateful that I've learned is that the willingness to let the creativity that is supporting from the the grist of that pain yeah. 
that is now coming through me to be revealed in a way that can make a difference in the world. Because I believe that we can take the, the most challenging, the most painful aspects of our life and what's happened to us um, and begin to realize that they offer us something of value and that it is allowing us to dig deep into the potential that's always been waiting for us to express. Yeah. And for that, I can be just extraordinarily grateful. And we're grateful that you're sharing it. So it's interesting. My next question was, what do you want to share with others? I think what you just said is what you want to share with others, that greater expression and, and that knowledge and that wisdom, we'll call it wisdom, uh, of going through that process with the tools and skills that you've obtained by feeling it and expressing it. So thank you for being that person. Um, so when you think about me getting ready to do this interview, you know, when you were like, oh, Jean's going to ask me all these questions and what were you hoping and make, wanted to make sure that really got said on this video so I can make sure that goal is obtained for you? Well, I think one of the other um, surprising things that I realized as I was processing, um, you know, as I was getting ready to write my book, I wanted to be able to express truly what is grief? What does it have to teach us? What is the value of it? And a realization that came to me was that we need to make friends with it. Now, I know that might sound a little strange, but grief is something that's going to be a part of our life forevermore. It's not going to just go away. It will get triggered again by events of our life. I know I can be walking down the street and see a young man that looks similar to my son, and I just well up in tears, and I want to run out over and hug him, and I don't because, you know, you might think I'm a crazy lady, but, <laughs> but there's an urge in me to want to do that. So as I've made friends with grief, I realize that it's here to teach us. It's our teacher. It's not something to fear. It's not something to avoid. And that as we move forward with literally every breath that we take, one day at a time, we find a way to use it to enhance who we are. And part of that is going to be forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge piece in this. Um, there's something that came from a Buddhist teaching that said, if Unforgiveness is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. So no matter what the form of grief is, there is usually something that we might be angry about or um, feel regretful for, um, that there's an energy that we need to release in the process. So learning about forgiveness and practicing that is really important. And could take a while. It, it, you know, it's an ongoing practice. It's not something you just, you know, get over in a day or I, okay, after the next week I'm done with it because little things will come up and remind us. So it's an ongoing practice, a spiritual practice for life, really. But grief intensifies the need for it. So I love this. So, you know, when you think about who's working with you and who this book that you're, that you've written, who's it for? How would you define your reader? You know, so I'll give an example of what I'm asking. Like I say to people, don't, don't, if you don't believe that your daughter or your, your lost one is still with you in spirit. And if you don't believe that there is an afterlife, then I'm probably not the person you want to work with because I have those beliefs that are really strong and my message is based on that. So when you think about who you wrote the book for, 
how would you define that so people know it, if it's right for them? You know, I've explored that a lot. And I think on the surface, it might seem that it's just for those that have lost a child, because that was my experience. But the book is really for anyone that has been impacted by grief from loss and are experiencing the pain, that they're struggling with how to process it, how to navigate it, how to get through it from anything. Because pain is pain. Yes. And and so I know that the tools and practices that I offer would be useful for anybody that wants to be able to heal and transform that that is holding them back so that they can find a way to navigate it and have a foundation, as you've mentioned, so that when something happens in the future, and it will, that you're prepared with how to support yourself, of how to move through it and how to nurture yourself. I think a big piece of this is about learning how to nurture and love ourselves enough to um, heal and transform whatever life offers us. And so it could be for anybody. Yeah, I love that. We all experience grief in some form, right? Yeah, I think when, you know, it's such a an opening too. I think that when, as soon as you, you know, start your healing journey, I think those gifts and those books and those people start showing up when you're ready. <laughs> if you had tried to talk to me about the Buddhist teachings a year into my grief, I couldn't have sat still to do it. You know, I remember my grief counselor saying, you should try meditating. And I was too busy grieving. It was exactly what I needed. So to your point, I love that. I'm going to end before we go into our rapid fire. I would love to hear your beautiful spiritual message out to anyone today that is either, you know, like you said, the book is could be supporting someone who's grieving or starting their healing journey through grief or they're right in the thick in the middle of it, what would be your inspirational message that you would like to share? Well, I would invite everyone that's impacted by grief to have the courage to unravel your pain, to allow the gift within to be revealed. And by embracing it, know that you will begin living a more enhanced expression of who you were born to be and to thrive because of it. And doing so, you will both honor the love that you mourn and make a difference in the world around you. And you should congratulate yourself for that. I think that it's absolutely beautiful and such a perfect way to end our interview before we slip into our rapid fire, which is my favorite part of these interviews because we get to have a little fun after such an important topic. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, the music's kicked up. We're going to do this. I'm curious, what is your, you can't say your own book right now. You have to say another spiritual book. What is your favorite book or spiritual teacher that you would like to share with others? You know, what really got me started in um, being able to deal with change and pain in life is Robert Brummett's book, Finding Yourself in Transition. We will put that book up for others to see. If you were going to change the world today, what does the world need in order to be changed? Mm. The courage to talk about grief in healthy and empowering ways. Oof, beautiful. We all come here to learn beautiful life lessons. Sometimes our lessons are grief, right? Forgiveness. What do you think your life lesson is? Um, to accept myself the way I am and be the most creative expression I can be um, more courageously without hesitation. So beautifully said. We all are supposed to love ourselves. What do you love about yourself, Megan? 
Well, you know, I really think I've come to understand it's my creativity and love for exploring the world around me. Said it so beautifully. And here we go. One more question. What are you doing when you're absolutely experiencing joy? Hmm. Being true to myself, allowing my sense of self to be fully immersed in what I'm doing, expressing or participating in. I think you just did that today on this interview. Thank you so much. So whether people are listening to this on the Intuitive Mindset podcast or following it on our HD Color YouTube channels, we truly do appreciate the audience today. Megan and I would like to say thank you and we'll see you next video. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful spiritual story. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can find more of my content on my YouTube channel. I'm under Jeannie Lynch. I have over 225 videos out there in full HD color for you to review. All my media links are in the description. Thanks again and have a great day.